If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Let me tell you a little bit about Bet Online. It remains your number one spot for NBA, MLB, MMA, boxing. It doesn't matter. Every single prop, every single play, every single point, it's all at Bet Online. When it comes to bets, when it comes to props, everything that you need is at your headquarters for sports betting. That's Bet Online. Head to the website right now, use your mobile device, sign up, get a 50, that's 50% welcome bonus. Don't forget to use the promo code BLEAV, that's believe, to get yourself a 50% welcome bonus. Come on, there's no need to hesitate. Bet online where the game starts. All right, let's get down to business. An active lifestyle can cause hemorrhoids. That sucks. Lucky for you, they're south of the border. South of the border is a holistic approach to dealing with the affected area. Go to southoftheborder.com, use code AHOLE, A-H-O-L-E, get yourself 30% off. That's pretty rad. And this is not an area of your body you want to put bad ingredients in. Make sure you turn to south of the border. Southoftheborder.com, code AHOLE. I hope you're ready to have your mind blown with the greatest health and fitness information on the planet. <laughs> yes, bitch! Good afternoon, good morning, good night, good evening. Welcome to Pee Wee's Playhouse. It's the Mikey Likes You podcast. Greatest health and fitness podcast on the planet. So says me. All right, it's a question and answer show, which means you give me questions, I give you answers. Therefore, there's no real reason to get all buried in details. I'm going to go find those questions, at which point I'll give answers. The Sneaky Pete. Hey, do you find that there is more to life than being really, really ridiculously good looking? No. Uh... I love in Connecticut, we can just wear a shirt, it's so warm, but Texas dressed for winter, haha. Well, M. Simone444, there's two things at play here. You could potentially have brain damage or some type of, type of disability, in which case I, I don't want to say anything. Also, um, you could, English could not be your native language, in which case, uh, again, I, I 
I congratulate you on having at least that level of control. Lord knows it's, you know, I, I don't speak any other language too well that I could start passing judgment on people. But outside of those two things, then I just like don't write ever where people see it or talk. Thanks. Uh, Gary or Gravy Will. I've been with you. Jesus, write me a Bible, buddy. Uh, I've been working on a push-pull leg split for about two years with pretty good results. On push days, I've started beginning to work out after a warm-up with a push-up max up to 51 now before moving to lateral raises, dips, incline presses, shoulder press, and then sprinkle in push-ups in on between sets, I'm assuming in between sets, to get to an admittedly kind of arbitrary quota of 100. Is this a nonsensical order of operations? Yes. Psychologically, I like having that PR to try to get past right in the beginning, but I wonder if it exhausts me for the other lifts. Thanks for all your help the last few years. A uh, lot to unpack there. Um, yeah, no, I mean, you're absolutely, if you're going for max reps of a single set in pushups, it's absolutely deteriorating from your ability to progress in shoulder press, incline press, and not so much, uh, lateral raises, but certainly with dips, incline presses and shoulder presses, you're not going to make gain. And you're not going to, no one who's trying to make any type of ongoing progression or linear progression with uh, pressing movements is going to max out push-ups before they try to make that progression. You know, a power lifter who's really working to grow his or her bench press is not going to start off their workout by doing max reps of push-ups in a single set. There'll be a lot of mechanical tension taking away from your ability to bench press and take away from your ability to do any type of uh, kind of horizontal plane push. Um, it's going to take away from a less, lesser extent to your overhead pressing, to your vertical pushing, but um, it's taking away nonetheless. If you like doing push-ups, if it keeps you kind of tuned in and you've seen uh, progression either way, then do it because it's it's keeping you coming back to the gym. It's just, it's not a, it's not a very wise way to go about training. Um, and I wouldn't recommend it. I'm not saying don't do push-ups. I love doing push-ups. I do push-ups to kind of, as my deltoids and my triceps and my chest are already fatigued, um, after my main workout, I will go and I'll do a mixture of push-up workouts to just get a little extra volume, a little extra blood flow without any kind of extreme damage put on my joints, my connective tissue, right? That's one of the big advantages of calisthenics and body weight movements is that you don't get that undue stress. Uh, to your connective tissue, and I'm getting older. But I do it at the end for that reason. I don't want my push-ups to detract from my ability to either get stronger or get bigger muscles, which is what you're getting from all the other exercises that you're doing. Uh, how do you schedule your rest days, and what does that entail for you from Seth Arond? Seth Arond. Seth Arond. <laughs> I am a fan of skunk. And a frog. I used to know this tattoo artist, this Parisian tattoo artist. And he said, I have a trouble doing any tattoo that is not a skunk. 
frog. I like to do skunk and the frog. And he would do like elaborate skunks and frogs. He was a cool guy. Funny fellow. You can if he was like Chinese, he wouldn't get away with it. But it was something elegant about the fact that he was such a dick and he was French. Uh, how, what are my rest days? Uh, and how do I schedule them? I don't. I used to. When I was 22, I'd schedule rest days. I'd be like, well, I'm going to do this training on Monday and Tuesday is going to be a two a day. And then Wednesday, I better take it off. Now I, you know, I'm old. I'm 40. I'm going to be 45 in a couple weeks. So I don't schedule my rest days. I take them as my body tells me to. Um, it usually ends up being about two days on rest, three days on rest. That's, that's, it's very, very, it's seemingly rhythmic, uh, but it, I, I don't have a plan. Um, and that's, that's the truth. Um, there'll be days where I train three days a week and I'm just like, I, I'm lucky to get that. And then there's days where I train six days a week and I don't feel as if I am, uh, overly worked. I've been doing this a long time. So even though I'm older and I don't have the same work capacity and I don't have the same, um, tolerance to volume, uh, I know myself pretty well and I know how much I can and can't take. And I can tell really, I can very acutely tell when I'm struggling. Uh, I am right now, like literally as I film this, I'm just dragging. I am so beat up. Uh, so I, I, I didn't work out today. I, I didn't, uh, it's a Saturday as I record this and I still, you know, usually I do take advantage of weekend days where I don't have to drive my daughter to school or do work around the farm as much. Uh, I, mean, I just, I knew it. I knew I, there wasn't a question in my mind. I haven't been banging it back and forth where I go like, should I, Oh no, I, I'm being lazy. No, I'm like, no, today I'm not going to the gym and I'm not going to do shit. I'm not going to go to jujitsu and I'm going to do some rest. Now, what does that entail for me? A rest day, meaning a rest day from uh, strength training can oftentimes include martial arts and combat sports. Uh, if I'm really tired, it won't, it'll be rest. It'll be literal rest. Now, Here's the caveat is that my rest days involve a pretty considerable amount of manual labor. 15, 12 to 15,000 steps every day, walking with bales of hay and buckets of water and tools and carrying animals. And, you know, I, that's part of the, I think the allure of being a farmer, um, is I mean, I'm not a cowboy. I'm a farmer. There's a difference just because I'm in Texas. I don't, I don't have horses and I don't, you know, I don't raise cattle and I don't herd them horseback, but I am, I, I would, I'm closer to a shepherd. I have goats and I have donkeys and I have lots of chickens and lots of guinea fowl and many, many dogs and cats and things like that. And also the land tending to the land. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of physical activity. It is not enough physical activity or it's not a kind of so specifically geared towards hypertrophy that I'm getting a workout, but I'm getting enough activity that it could be looked at by many other people as a workout day, a training day. And I talked about it in the last episode is like, this is the type of activity that I do a lot of because I do think that that is the most overall beneficial to your health, your longevity, and to body composition. You need to be lifting weights and you need to be, or resistance training, and you need to be monitoring your diet and gearing your diet towards looking good naked. Those are two non-negotiable. If you want to look amazing naked, you have to do those two things. But outside of that, you know, cardio gets, it's vague. The best form I've found is form is a form of cardio that isn't, you don't recognize it as being cardio. 
And that is going for long walks, hiking, working in the farm, working in your backyard, uh, you know, playing basketball with your buddies, playing basketball with your kids, walking your dogs. You understand what I'm saying? Lots of low-level activity throughout the day. Um, there's science to show that it's better, better for your metabolism and it's also just better for your overall health. So that is what I engage in and that is what my rest days look like. And I don't schedule them uh, anymore. I just, I play it by ear and when I can tell that my body needs it, I take them. Chad Foytik, any advice on making the SoCal exit? No, no, I don't have advice on it. I think that if you're really genuinely struggling to do it, you sh- uh, struggling in Southern California, do it, explore it. I don't, I'm not one of these people that like left Los Angeles or or you hear it with New York and San Francisco as well. Coastal towns, you know, where I moved to a a rural area or to the South or to the Midwest and then I'm going to shit on urban areas. I love LA. I love Southern California. It's a part of me. It's a part of my culture. I was born and raised there. Unlike most people who move there to make it in Hollywood, I'm from LA and I love it. Um, and there's been, uh, many hard aspects to leaving LA for me, much more so than my daughter and my, my wife. Um, but it overall was better for me and my family financially, culturally. Uh, you know, if I'm, honestly, I was talking to this guy yesterday at, at this gym here in Texas. He's a lifelong Texan. He was asking me about like what it why I did it, how it's felt since I've done it and stuff. And I said, you know, honestly, like money's an issue. Anybody who says it isn't is a liar. You want to save as much money as you can if you're trying to take care of your family and you want to make as much money as you can, right? Without compromising your quality of life. But it wasn't the money that, it was a factor, but it really wasn't what drove me out here. It wasn't what finally got me to agree to do it. It was, I was tired of people messing with my daughter. I don't mean like bullying. I mean like the state of California dictating how my daughter should live her life. And I'm like, she's seven. Let's let her be. And they're like, no, you have to do this. You have to do that. And you're going to have to. All these loopholes for her to jump through. All these all these hoops for her to jump through to just to live her life and to be able to be blessed to live in California and go to schools there. And, do it. and I was like, you know what? Screw this. That was what really motivated me. So if that is, if that is your, your motivator, if you're just doing it because you're like, yeah, I can pay less taxes if I move to Tennessee or Nevada, I'm not going to sit here and tell you what you should and shouldn't do. But if you have like some deep spiritual reason where you're like, I, I can't do this anymore, uh, I think you should seriously do it. I, one tip I would give you is be like, make sure you have your landing spot sussed out before you pull the plug. You know, don't just go willy nilly. It's not like moving apartments, like moving states especially if you've lived there your whole life is uh, it could be it could be pretty dicey if you don't investigate your your landing spot beforehand go to metal band or song when in the gym from miller yaw i don't have go to i mean I, I have a pretty vast uh playlist of training but right now um I you know I've been I've been really into grindcore and death metal more so than usual lately. Like classic, um, a lot of Carcass, early Cannibal Corpse, Death, uh, Suffocation. 
Like a lot. Like, like really, the last couple of weeks, that's almost exclusively all the stuff I've been listening to. Like death metal, uh, 90s death metal and like grindcore and modern grindcore and classic grindcore um, playlists. So, yeah, that's my go-to. But my typical go-to's always if like if I'm feeling, if I'm dragging, Slayer. Slayer's always number one for me. Um, I, I love Pantera. I love, I have a million bands that I like really love. But if it's it just the always the fail safe for me is Slayer. That's in life, in the gym, in my car. If if I, things aren't adding up, it's like, let's just, let's go to Slayer. Max is on fire. What are some things you would have never done in your 30s, but love to do now? There's nothing. Nothing's changed. Uh, I'm not trying to be a dick, but you have to go way farther back than my 30s. So I'm 44. Everything I do now... Um. No, I mean, I, I, there, I'm a flawed man. But one thing I will say about me is I don't, I'm not swayed by outside forces and culture and trends to do things I don't want to do or be around people I don't want to be around. I, I, I haven't been that way since I was like in high school. Especially since I got clean, you know, and I was 22 years old when I got clean. Hopefully for good. Um, That was me knocking on the table. That was me knocking on the table. It wasn't, no. I knocked on wood. My dogs think it's someone at the front door. Harry, relax. (laughs) Um... So I didn't I didn't do a lot of things in my 30s that I did that I wouldn't do now or thing I haven't started doing things now that I did didn't do in my 30s. I I've always been like no, I don't want to do that. That sucks. Like a lot of stuff, including work stuff. Um I the only things I've done that I did in my 30s that I wouldn't do now is stuff like that my wife made me do because we were just married or just started dating. So there was a lot of stuff like that where she's like, we should go to this party. I'd be like, yeah, okay. But I really didn't want to go. And that was a lot, like a lot of stuff. Uh, but you, I mean, you know, you do that right for relationships. Um, and it's not like I would, I'm I probably still do the same amount of crap that I don't want to do because my wife wants to do it. Now, I think my wife has just gotten better at recognizing a little bit better at recognizing what I don't want to do and what I do want to do. But, you know, she's a woman and I'm a man and I don't like and I'm like particularly not motivated to go places. I, I mean, I really don't like I don't I feel a lot of people like going these places that I don't want to go to. And I suspect that they're still in under the, they're being brainwashed into thinking they want to go to and that they really don't want to, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe people really do love going to bars and clubs and, um, events, parties. Uh, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to go to any industry event. Like I was living in LA when I first signed with, a major agency they are always like lit and then this is our emmy our emmy party our william morris 
uh, Oscar party, dude, you can want to go. And I was like, no. <laughs> and then every time I would get invited to, uh, award shows, like all the time, Dr. Drew and I used to have fake, but knock down drag out brawls. Cause he'd be like, Oh, I can't believe you wouldn't go with me to the MTV movie where it's like, fuck you. Fuck. That's, that sounds like torture. I had to go to the Oscars, Emmys, Grammys, MTV this, Billboard, and I would do the red carpet because that's how I got a paycheck. But when people started asking me to go to just like, like I'd enjoy myself, I was always like, are you out of your goddamn mind? What the fuck sounds appealing about that? That's horrible. That sounds like shit. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. When I worked at K-Rock, I didn't want to go to any of the concerts we had to go to. But I did because this is mean, part of my job, right? Don't want to go. I want to go to the Dodge game. I don't want to go to the Lakers game that bad anymore. My dad's still a season ticket holder. And he's always like, we, you know, and I, and I was like, I don't know. I don't know really. I don't feel compelled. I still really want to go to Dodgers. I love going to the Chavez Ravine. But to answer your question a little bit more succinctly, I just wanted to, I, I, sorry, I went off on a tangent, but, you know, I think a lot of guys suffer from that where they're like, man, when, if I knew then what I knew now, and I certainly feel that way about my early 20s. I do not, my third, I was already this way. When I was 28, 29, I was like, no, I don't, no, I don't want to go there. Is that going to be impressive to someone? I don't, uh, I don't want to go on a date with this girl. I will, because hopefully that will end up with me banging her so I did that but I was like I don't want to do this and uh hopefully it's not too bad for you but is this going to give me leverage for what I do want to do then I'll do it uh Chris Cross X <laughs> broke up with my girl of five years at 30 years old all I want to do is lift weights and eat steak is that normal no, I'm married for 11 years and I wanted to lift weights and eat steak. Uh, I don't know, man. 30 after a five-year relationship is a rough go. That sucks. You're probably in a pretty rough position. But you got to ask yourself, if at age 30, the relationship ended after five fucking years, well, what's the alternative? Go another year? My point being is like, you're 30, it ended, so you started at 25, now at 30, it's over. You didn't marry the girl or guy, I don't know if you're straight or not, but you know what I'm saying? Like, you didn't decide to get married, so obviously, it wasn't meant to be, dude. Or chick, I, Chris crossing, Chris could be anything. It wasn't meant to be. This relationship was not meant to be a long-term thing, and I know it's massively painful, but look at the bright side. You got out of it now instead of 35. Then you'd really be fucked. You know, I, and, and I'm not speaking out of my ass here. I dealt with, I got divorced at 28. Um, and it wasn't my decision. And I got married at 25. Uh, and it would, the sooner the better, because it, even at the moment, I, I wanted to stay married longer. I wish it would have been longer. It, the longer would have been worse. The sooner I got out of that, the better for me, the better for her, the better for all my future mates and ladies. 
couple fellas, right? Um, but it was better. And it's better for you now at 30 than it would be at 31. And I know it's painful and I'm not trying to uh, minimize what you're going through, but it's better. So just, just maybe take this time like where you're probably making a little bit of a joke where it's like, all I want to do is lift weights. And you no, probably you're pretty depressed. And all you want to do is just wallow in your sorrow because that's how painful it can be. I get that. Give yourself that time to do that. But just get back to being the best you you can be. Don't write women off or write guys off or, you know, write romance off. Don't get into this all or nothing mentality that I see so many dudes are making. And, and like, like chicks can be brutal. I don't, I don't know what it's like for a gay fella. But chicks, for straight guys, chicks can be, it can be so damaging and it can make you hurt so much. And chicks, especially really attractive women, young girls can be so fucking brutal that it makes you just want to give up. I get that. But uh, don't don't be that guy. There's no there's no women out there worth my time. Shut the fuck up. How po- how much possibly could you be? I mean, point oh 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 one percent of women you've had a chance to experience, and if that hasn't worked out, don't write them all off. Um, the same goes for you ladies, right? Um, but just give yourself the time, take a breath, reset, and get back out there. And I, I think you will be, in the long run, you will look back on it as I do now, 15 so, some odd years later. I, I would have killed to just have like one more month of a, of my original marriage. And then looking back on it, it's like, no, the sooner it could have ended, the better for me and for her. Bro, what is your skincare routine? I'm clueless. I don't have one. I'm assuming you're asking that because you like my skin. A, thank you. B, I don't I wish I could give you I don't have a skincare routine. When I shower, whatever soap is available to me in the shower because my wife controls all that. Whatever whatever skincare that's available to me or to cleansing lotion or bar is nearest me I put it on my face and then when I'm done I rinse it and dry it off and then after that uh occasionally I will put coconut oil on my face and I mean like once a month that's my skincare routine I go out in the sun a lot, as much as I can. I try not to do it too much to get to the point where it's like damaging, but I'm pretty tan, so I can do a lot. I think a fair-skinned person is probably different. Uh, so I try to live an active lifestyle. I eat a lot of things that I think are good for my skin. You know, I eat a lot of fish. I eat a lot of uh, collagen protein, you know, connective tissue and broth from meats that I eat. I eat a lot of like antioxidant-rich um, fruits, and what's not, and I drink, a, I drink a shit ton of water. I have to assume those things play a role. And I also, I think I hit a genetic gold mine. Um, my mom treats her body like shit. My dad treats his body like shit and had cancer. And dealt with chemotherapy and is 80. My dad's 80. He'll be 80 in February. And he's fat and has never exercised. Now, nah, well, he was an athlete, like, in college age. But my, my point being is, like, he wasn't, like, an, a healthy guy. 
and he's fat and never invested in his health. And my dad looks pretty fucking amazing for his age and had devastating cancer with chemotherapy and everything. Full head of hair, great skin. My mom, same way. And I come from a long line of alcoholic, like, peasant folk. Uh, so, I mean, I'm sorry. There's not much else I could tell you. What are the nuts and bolts of a basic hypertrophy training program? I've been doing five to eight rep strength training for some time and want to shift my focus to higher rep ranges and getting swole as fuck. Thanks, Rudy. From Stickmeister. The nuts and bolts of a basic hypertrophy training are just that. You're going to be looking at lowering the weights, not too light, but moderate weights, 70, uh, 55 to 70% one rep max. You're going to up the amount of sets and the amount of reps. Um, instead of doing two to three sets of five to eight reps, you're going to look to do four to six sets of, well, you know what? I don't like to make that kind of, I will say this, the overall volume for each body part is higher and then the rep range is higher. I do like up to 20 reps, you know, 15 to 20 reps for lower body and then eight to 12 reps for upper body. The, it just by the breakdown of different fast to slow twitch and stuff like that. And then just the manner in which you use your legs in comparison to you don't walk on your arms ever. And uh, you walk on your legs all day, the live long day. And you've done everything. You're like stepping in and out of your truck or your car. Or you're going up steps and stuff. So anyway, the, the composition of your legs is a little bit different. And the way the form and function of them is a lot different. Thus, I've seen uh, and I've read of science that shows that a higher rep range is going to be higher, uh, a little bit more beneficial for the lower body. But you want to drop down that weight to about 55 to 70 percent. You know, as, there's still going to be linear progression within that, but just the 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 floor and the ceiling of that progression goes down because the rep range goes higher, and then also you're going to have to do more sets. You're going to have to really attack it. Um. You look to bumping things up from traditional strength training. You know, a lot of times that volume can be pretty low. Or even if the volume's higher, you know, the rep range is so low that it's not going to give you that same level. Like with hypertrophy training, you're looking to just like get, that's where you start to get that massive level of soreness that you can't tolerate. It's so insufferably bad. Um, So I would say, you know, look to... uh, drop it down to 15 to 70 and then also you can train train each body part twice a week looking to get about six to ten sets per workout for uh 12 to 20 sets overall each week for each body part okay so it's a lot it's a higher volume higher volume you're going to be doing a lot more work but subsequently those sets aren't going to be as damaging um from each from from every standpoint when i'm really looking at like higher intensity not even strength training, but just like higher intensity um, hypertrophy training, like a Dorian Yates style. I'll do one or two sets per body part per workout. Sometimes, you know, up up it to like four to six. But the one or two top sets I do per exercise, it's so hard. Like it's so hard. I'm seeing stars and shit and, and I'm having a hard time standing up straight. Um, and that's even for, you know, back and chest, not even going to give me started with legs. It's so physically demanding and it takes a lot out of you systemically. Um but with higher volume training, you can get those sets where you still want to be pushing to failure or at least flirting with it. 
But it's, if you're doing four or five sets, you, you've got to be able to kind of have one or two uh, reps in reserve. That's the, the best advice I can give to you. I do like push-pull legs for both um, strength training and for, for hypertrophy training. I do like that setup. I would just take more rest days for strength training and train a little bit more frequently for, for higher volume hypertrophy. Uh, everyone, suck my balls. Secondly, thank you to Bet Online, to Giorgio, Fartsaluka Sakadis, the Greek puto having uh, God himself. Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Holidays. Let's get this new year started right in 2024. And thank you to First Attachment. And in this crazy mixed up world that makes you think that nobody cares, remember, I do. Be good. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.